Broadcasting from Cincinnati, Ohio. And Phoenix, Arizona. You are listening to Work Life 360. This podcast is all about helping one another navigate through the noise and the clutter that's holding us back from our potential to be a healthier, successful community. Whether it's stress, head trash, time management, tips on living a healthier lifestyle, or just navigating lifelong goals, this podcast is everything work-life related. I'm Rhonda. And I'm Bruce. We're here to provide you with tips and tricks to help you navigate through the day-to-day mental blocks. Let's get started. Welcome back to episode 12 of Work Life 360. Today, we are talking all about addiction. But first, if you are a first-time listener, welcome to Work Life 360. If you've been with us for a while, hey, welcome back. We appreciate you following us as Ron and I deliver you great content every single Wednesday. Leave us a review. Okay, we're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. And go ahead and and just give us a quick review. Let us know how we're doing, what your thoughts and and feelings are about the podcast. Uh, But again, today is all about addiction, whether it be gambling, alcohol, drugs, or even money. It's it's everything related to addiction. Uh, Rhonda, how are you? Doing well, Bruce. We had some chit-chat before we came on the air, kind of talking about this addiction issue within you know our lives and people that we love and people we work with and uh weighs a little heavy on me today so sure i'm hoping that we really can provide some guidance for folks who are dealing with issues or issues of codependency or trying to help people that they love and care about in their lives because addiction impacts all of us one way or another yeah you know one of the things i just absolutely love about our show and not okay i'm a little biased but (laughs) is you know people claim to be real and but we talk about it all you know we from scheduling your time to addiction to spring cleaning you know we we've got it covered and and that's i think that's pretty special and the cool thing is is everything we talk about you either experience it yourself or you know somebody close to you that experiences it and although i don't deal with any addiction to an, an extreme level um you know i've never done drugs or stuff like that but uh, i know people ha- that have and know people that have been addicted to gambling and know people that have been addicted to you know we, we talked beforehand social media should be one but mm-hmm. uh, it's not but you know video games and um alcohol and, and and drugs and we all know somebody so this whether you it, this hits you right in the heart or, or hits you a little farther away, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be impactful. So we all have these tendencies to develop these little nuanced addictions that we may not pay attention to and they're not really harmful to our health. And then we know of those addictions that really are more of a chronic disorder that have biological, psychological, social and environmental factors causing some problematic behavior. And some of it is genetic, but we absolutely have it within our wherewithal to identify what our triggers are if we or someone we know are facing some addictions and they're showing signs of addiction. And we can 
make a plan to kind of combat some of the sensory impulses that kind of impact how we show up every day. So a lot of neurobiology is really demonstrating that brain health, just like our physical health, taking care of our body, it really is something we need to hone in on every day and pay attention to that reward center, that dopamine drip that we've talked about, because that's real. There's no discounting that. And sometimes with addictive behavior, people don't even realize that there's something going on. So, you know, whether it's yourself or someone you love in your family or in your work life, just showing some compassion and trying not to judge the behavior and understanding that sometimes it's really hard for somebody who's in this state to take that first step. Sometimes they find their way, but it takes a lot of work. And sometimes there are different ways to help them find their way through other resources, which we'll talk about, Bruce, that can really help us all be healthier humans trying to navigate 2021 as uh, all the (laughs) chaos continues. So... (laughs) <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, but before we dive in super deep, let's review the action items from, from our last episode. And you didn't, if you didn't get a chance to check it out, it was all about spring cleaning, decluttering your life, breathing that healthy air. Um, you know, the action item was simply just to, to let go of five things. And I tell you, that was pretty easy for me to do. Um, I went through the garage and, you know, I had things that completely forgot about, right? <laughs> Tools from, you know, honestly, just a good deep clean of the garage felt so nice. And so now, you know, when I walked, I, I just got back from a ski trip and I walked in the garage super late last night and the lights came on. I was like, oh yeah, I did this. Yeah, it looks great. And I, I felt good, you know. <laughs> awesome. Um, Rhonda, how'd you do? It was perfect timing and we did not plan this. So we had bulk trash pickup. Oh. So kind of the same thing. We've been My husband and I spent 2020 uh, creating a garden in our backyard because we're trying to live a little bit more fruitful and get back to, we both grew up on farms. So in Arizona, it's pretty tricky. Um, So anyway, we've been kind of creating this little pile in our shed of stuff we just wanted to get out because we've only been living in our house for a little over a year and a half now. So all of that went to the to the curb so that felt great and it's funny now we have room you know for more <laughs> stuff so what does one grow in arizona besides cactus oh, cacti i'm telling you well first of all you have to spend at least about 500 dollars in good manure um but everything shockingly like i have a huge herb garden with basil parsley uh, oregano which is just kicking off we grew every type of pepper that there is um, cool there's nothing like a jersey tomato i gotta be honest our tomatoes we tried six different plants and all of them uh, just didn't cut it but broccoli grew well eggplant mm. grew well our straw strawberries they're kind of hanging in there but last year it was 120 i think it was 99 days of the year so it was really hard on the garden so we're gonna oh, give i can it imagine another, we're gonna give it another shot so that's actually what we've been working on <laughs> the past yeah. couple weekends well i can i can uh i can ship you some manure there <laughs> I, i've got quite a bit of it at the farm it's cow not horse so it's a little different but uh <laughs> that's funny so so Rhonda, let's let's dive in a little bit here um what are the I guess, kind of break down the different types of of addiction. Well, there's all types of addiction. Could be anything from alcohol, like chemical 
types of addictions, drugs, smoking, obviously. Mm-hmm. Then there's also sex addiction, pornography, shopping, gambling, excessive eating, over-exercising, pretty much anything we do, we participate in that activity for a long time where it's creating some type of imbalance. For me personally, I can tell truthfully, I've been in the addicted to exercise here and there modalities throughout my life. Mm-hmm. Or, or I, I used to do some fitness videos, so I was really very strict on my eating, so much so that I couldn't enjoy maybe family meals or what have you. Anything that causes you to disrupt the normal flow of your day because you have to get that fixed from whatever that yeah. addiction is it can be really anything anything can become an addiction for you maybe not classified through the American Psychology Association but anything that you notice puts your health or the health of others at risk because you cannot refrain from this particular behavior and it could be gambling I mean I was a casino gam excuse me I wasn't a casino gambler I was a crap stealer in the <laughs> casinos and I remember when they first put the Mac machine in back in the day and there was a whole conversation about how we're going to handle customers because now they're coming in and instead of you know maybe taking a marker out through the casino and then they have a limit now they can go to the ATM and just mindlessly take cash out and I've seen what that can do to a person in the moment where they keep going back to the ATM and they're gambling and they just they can't shut it off and you can watch their behavior change where they come in and they have this great mood their dopamine levels are pumped up and then you can see when the stress the cortisol levels go up which happens usually within 20 minutes of some type of addictive behavior that's happening after Mm -hmm. about 20 minutes the crash begins. And then unless you keep gambling, unless you keep going shopping, unless you keep spending, unless you keep smoking, unless you keep scrolling, then your body starts to not feel so good. And then it's that cycle where you're on that wheel where you go back to that behavior to get that feel-good drip in your brain. It's really very neurologically interesting to study and... There are ways that we can counter that by being curious as to what's happening. Paying attention without judging the behavior is key. So then maybe you can learn to adopt a different lifestyle, still get those same feelings, but maybe in a healthier way. And that takes time and that takes support, but it's possible. You know, I, I learned it a very, I learned a very important lesson very young um, in high school. I was pushing carts at a grocery store and you know we we made about $300 every two weeks um, and I was proud of that you know I worked hard for that money and um, I remember it was a Friday night we just got paid and you know my buddy was like let's go to the casino let's go and I was like okay cool you know I was 18 and never been before and I was like great this is awesome you know we're going to the casino we're gonna gamble it's gonna be great didn't have any expectations other than what I've seen on TV and I get there and you know, Texas Hold'em was just kind of making its like real big debut, debut where they were having big tournaments. And um, so my buddy goes to the Texas Hold'em table, and I kid you not, he lost 
two weeks worth of pay, which is granted it was only 300 bucks, like we were high school students, but he lost it in a matter of like two minutes. And I sat there, I held on to my money and I was like, I'm getting the hell out of here. This is crazy. Um, and so we, we kind of walked around a little bit and he's like, you know, he's, he was broke. Like he lost all of his money. And, uh, and he's like, you know, are you going to play? And I'm like, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. I worked way too hard for this money. Uh, and I need to pay, you know, gas and insurance and, you know, uh, clothes and all sorts of stuff. I was like, nope, nope, I'm good. So I learned a very uh, important lesson in life that, you know, if you can just literally like burn it on fire and never see it again, then okay, you can gamble it. You need that money. You cannot gamble it. It's not worth it. A couple times that I gambled, of course, when I was a crap stealer, dealers were not allowed to gamble in Atlantic City, but I went twice and I, I actually won both times, but I too never had that craving, Bruce, because I was a single mom and I worked too hard to just throw mm-hmm. my money away and seeing how that can really destroy lives. I really was not interested in any part of that. Even today, like playing the lottery, maybe once, yep. twice, I might do it, like 20 <laughs> bucks. But the intent is, so that's kind of where that why are you gambling comes in. If you're going out with, and you bring, say, 100 bucks and just want to have fun, that's yes. healthy gambling. It's Being, entertainment money. Exactly. Yeah. But yes. when you're going in there with 100 bucks with the intentions of, I have to pay my bills, mm. and you can't step away, and you keep, you know, you're not sticking to your guns in terms of what you're willing to play with or yeah. entertain yourself with, that's when it's dangerous. Yeah. I, when I was in college, um, one of my fraternity brothers actually won a, a big tournament, won a ton of money. Uh, it, well, for us, it, it, he won like $30,000. And in college, like, hit it big, won this tournament, and then he was going to play another tournament the next weekend um, and ended up losing $30,000. Mm. And so it just that time and time again, like, it's not, trust me, the house is going to win, right? Mm. The lottery system is going to win. I've got a friend, he, he always wants to, he always plays the lottery, and I'm like, I was like, Chris, like, you can just give me your $2 and I'm going to tell you, you lost. Okay. It's going to be the same effect. Like you're still going to lose. Like I'll tell you that there's a chance that you're going to win a million dollars. Okay. But then I'm going to say, Oh, nope, you lost. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, isn't it crazy how sometimes addictions can start so innocently Yep. and then all of a sudden, next thing you know, keep going back and it's really hard to pull yourself away. So the key is just to have someone like you in your corner to notice if this is becoming a problem for sure. Yeah. And and like you said earlier, um, you know, don't what is it? Don't uh, don't knock the behavior or don't judge the behavior. You know, I don't I don't judge him. I just I'm shining a different light onto that situation. And and I would never, you know, I, I have known some people with some addictions, and you know, I'm very compassionate around that. As to like, it's it's tough. Um, it's it's a struggle, right? And I don't know what that struggle feels like. So I I you know, who am I to judge, right? As long as the conversation and the the light that I am shining is is one of uh, embrace and, and love. People in situations where they're addicted to, whether it's a substance abuse issue, or it could be something in terms of drama, the person that's addicted to drama in their lives, and that's kind of the way they view the world as a pessimist kind of attitude. 
understanding that maybe there's something behind that facade that we don't understand. So having a compassionate heart for them and not judging them, because that's the thing, when people finally recognize that there's a problem, whether we're pointing it out to them or there's a consequence of their behavior, like they end up in jail, and Mm. now can really do a number on one's psyche, and now people think they're not worthy, I'm a loser, I'm not worth it. So that's where that compassion can really help. I mentioned to you that I recently found my biological mother who abandoned what I thought was two children, uh, myself and my brother when I was five, or excuse me, my brother was five and I was six. And come to find out, she actually abandoned three children before she abandoned us. And mm-hmm. she had a serious issue with drugs and alcohol, which I haven't examined with her all of that yet, what we will Uh, here shortly, but it stemmed from trauma in her childhood. And she was not accepted by her mother because her mother and father had three girls and they wanted a boy and then they had her. Uh, So they named her the male name that they wanted. And subsequently, she always felt the kind of disappointment of her mother in her life. And then there were some sexual abuse issues and she learned to self-medicate herself, which often alcohol and drugs are a way of self-medicating as a way to cope. And she never shared her trauma with anyone and drank and did drugs and was promiscuous and had all these children. And she was not in a place to feel any self-worth, any self-love. So as a result of not wanting to face the emotions the ugly emotions that she was feeling about herself because the way she was treated, that was her coping mechanism. And that led to a whole host of unhealthy choices, including giving your five children away. Mm. Um, and the one thing that the five things that you could be proud about. Yeah. And I'm, you know, as she's reemerged into my life, I'm very conscious and deliberate about having compassion because I got to be honest, when I became a single mother on purpose, because <laughs> I was going to do a better job and not leave my child, I have a hard time wrapping my head and my heart honestly around that because my daughter's biological father is an alcoholic and you know I'm lucky to be here without getting into all the details I've been very impacted all of my life pretty much as a result of people other than myself who have had dangerous addictions to substances so for me I try to have compassion as a way to maybe understand but it's opened my eyes to a learning more about addiction in a way that maybe I was not open to before as I'm learning her story and all those preconceived stories I had in my head are completely blown out of the water now. Mm. Um, So it's going to be interesting to learn a little bit more and to learn from her what caused her to change her life around and from what I understand from one of my siblings who's still with us is she tried to commit suicide she was on drugs she was drunk and she jumped off a bridge and luckily somebody 
saved her before she drowned and she was checked into a mental health facility for over a month and was homeless there for a while afterwards and somehow I don't know yet somehow through the love of her best friend who showed her compassion and empathy from what I'm understanding she was able to pull herself out and since is clean and she reconnected with her other three children right after she got her act together um not so much with my brother and myself so i'm curious to find that out as well but her story hits close to my heart and i'm thankful honestly even though i haven't met her again yet that she's alive and she's able to let go of some of the guilt that she's feeling and i can hear she gets very emotional on the phone she has a lot of energy so now i know where i get it um (laughs) she's into yoga and fitness and how crazy is that (laughs) but yeah you know it's going to be interesting but when you're living with someone who has an addiction and then there's a violent tendency it's uh, it's a hard I've been there it's a hard place to to leave so for listeners out there if you're in an issue where somebody's an addict and there's some violence emotional or social physical let me tell you I've been down that route you cannot help them an addict has to help themselves so while it's important to have compassion for them first and foremost if you're in that situation you have to have self-compassion for yourself first and foremost and change that environment I'm lucky to be here I stayed in a situation that had I stayed a little bit longer, I probably would not be here today. And Lord knows what would have happened to my child had I stayed in that environment. Wow. So how do you help somebody help themselves that has an addiction? We can't really counsel anybody, right, who's not ready. Mm-hmm. You can only say, hey, I love you. <laughs> I'm here to listen as long as it's not a dangerous situation, I always try to plant seeds of helping them contemplate why they're engaged in this activity and just allow them or encourage them to ask themselves questions like why? Why do I always come home and need three glasses of wine after work? Like, why am I doing that? (laughs) Because I work in transportation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and we hear that, right? But I think, too, we've talked about, Bruce, is being mindful. Yeah. So encouraging them to be mindful of what they're doing. And it could be something like so addicted to cigarette smoking or vaping. Mm -hmm. Like, why do you feel the need? to do this when you feel stressed or even happy right and then and then encouraging them to how do you feel in the moment and then how do you feel an hour or two hours or three hours later i mean you could take something like sugar having a sugar addiction like people that eat mindlessly how do you feel two three hours after you've engaged in this behavior and then allowing them to maybe think about what's going on in their day-to-day life and then really noticing is this do i feel good is this really making me feel good you know and then maybe planting seeds of you know something a little more healthy to do and you know i would just encourage them to really examine their emotions why do you feel the need for this crutch because it's really a crutch it's something to take away something maybe that they don't want to feel or too much of a stress feeling yeah and and you know i can tie some of this back into to sales and and telling somebody what they need to do is not getting them to make a decision as as humans we are we're both logical and emotional creatures in order to make true change you've got to be emotionally tied to that decision 
and to draw somebody to an emotional decision, you've got to ask questions, or at least they've got to be in a situation where there's enough pain, right? So you can't just tell somebody that has an addiction to gambling, hey, you need to go call this 1-800 number because you're addicted to gambling. Not going to happen, right? You could pass the billboard every single day that says, got a gambling problem? Call 1-800 so-and-so. They're not, not going to happen. Until an event or until they come to a self-realization that this hurts, I need to change this. How do I change this? Oh, that billboard? I need to call that number. So selling or leading somebody to make a decision or a change is not telling them that they need to make a a change, right? You can tell your kid you need to make your bed every single day and they will still not do it because there's no logical reason why they need to make their bed other than the way that it looks, right? But if you can emotionally connect with it, like, hey, having a clean bed, having a clean bedroom will make you feel happier, will make you feel healthier, will be more organized, you'll be more structured, like, okay, yeah, they can get behind that. Um, so, So I think if I'm hearing you right, Rhonda, that asking the person good questions that may lead to some pain and mm-hmm. pain isn't always something that is bad. Okay. Um, but lead them to, to honestly, like, I, and I say this all the time, like let them sit in their poo for a little while, mm-hmm. right? Let it sit there until they're ready to make a choice, ready to make a change. Is, is that kind of what I'm hearing? Yeah. And when they really sit in it, there's mm-hmm. going to be feelings of guilt and shame mm-hmm. and giving them courage to sit in that. And that's okay. We all have shame and guilt in our lives. That's just Mm -hmm. a part of our DNA. And we all experience that. But that doesn't define totality of our our life story. We're all going to have accounts or different instances in our lives that we're not proud of. And just knowing that there's another choice and allowing a person time to figure out what it is. They need to figure out what it is that they can do within themselves to overcome this addiction. And a lot of it is just finding, kind of like you said, Bruce, finding what brings you joy, what brings you purpose in life, and then tapping into that a little bit. So when you start to feel stressed or emotional and things getting out of control, have your toolbox, have your different activities that you enjoy engaging in that can replace the bottle Mm -hmm. and bring you more joy in the moment but really being in tune with your thoughts as they're showing up and not judging them and just allowing if you're pissed allow yourself to be pissed that's okay there's nothing wrong with that but then let it go and then refocus and not turn to substance again in my life people who got mad the bottle was their choice and then what Mm -hmm. happens when they drink they take it out on whoever's in that space and it's a dangerous cycle and I got to be honest with you when you're a person targeted by somebody who has an addiction there's no compassion in that moment Mm -hmm. so I'm going to put that out there too I can tell you for sure but I had some pretty destructive thoughts towards my daughter's father in the moment when I'm trying to protect her myself and there was no compassion in that moment but separating and putting some space in there I still have compassion for that man despite all he did to us I would never wish ill will on him but in that moment 
moment, I can't say that it was the same. So I don't want to sugarcoat it. You know, mm-hmm. in the moment, feelings <laughs> run rampant. And when your life is in danger, you know, you're going to also respond primitively as well. Yeah. And and also to know that if you do have an addiction or if you know somebody that has addiction, it's it's not the end of the world. It's not. I've my brother-in-law. Um, I didn't actually know that he was in my uh, in my family for a while and and he, he actually he came out of rehab and was in jail and now the guy is a hoot um, he actually runs a um, a church he's a he's a minister complete 180 like loves life lo- like gosh he's so much fun to be around but I only knew him from post treatment um, and man he is the life of the party and uh, we're, we're very grateful to have him in our family and so it, it it's not the end of the world treatment centers work they're great I mean Rhonda you're a, you're a living walking testament of what what being resilient and and uh, and just overcoming circumstances is all about thank you for what you said personally um, that's the crazy thing right like we have the ability to change our story mm-hmm Our mistakes of the past do not define our future. And I think when we share the not-so-glamorous hard stuff, maybe that will help people understand that that doesn't need to be the future. Um, So that's where that compassion comes in. You hear these stories of people hitting rock bottom, and everybody's rock bottom is different, and not everybody necessarily has to hit rock bottom. Mm -hmm. But that, to me, is the story of your brother-in-law. That's, to me, what grit is all about. Hitting the bottom where you maybe don't even want to be here anymore, and then picking yourself up and taking those steps, because just like eating healthy and exercising and sleeping, nobody can do that for us when we're in a situation such as overcoming some type of addiction we have to do the work and kudos to him it's amazing some people believe everything happens for a reason I always have come from that belief system as well and it's all your perspective thankfully my perspective and my love for the outdoors I think has really helped me with my ability to overcome one thing after the other part of that's genetics part of it is the environment of being outside but for everybody it's going to be a different path and I just encourage everyone to just have have somebody in your corner that you can confide in that's not going to judge you but it's going to give it to you real yeah and not sugarcoat it and then have your back and and just not judge you but still hold you accountable yep yep and i you know that i think that segues right into you know our action item uh for today is is really review your your own lifestyle okay and those in your circle of influence those around you and and maybe identify if or if any addictions you may have again it it doesn't have to be hardcore drugs. It could be exercise. It could be uh, spending money. It could be caffeine. It could be video games. There's there's tons and tons. Not social media though. We we've <laughs> we've found out that that's not a, an addiction yet. <laughs> Against our own personal beliefs. That's um, right. We're biased. Yes. But uh, watch the Today Show is going to have an episode on that yeah. tomorrow. Um, but and then identify if you self-medicate. So what are you what are you giving up, or what are you substituting joy or happiness or the feeling of success or the feeling of accomplishment? You know how are you how are you self-medicating? So Ron, any last thoughts? As you're saying that, I've already identified <laughs> sugar. <laughs> yes, I think this will be really helpful and beneficial to our listeners. And again, as you're identifying this, just be curious as to why. Yeah. Um, 
Um, and then be reflective and think about how you're really feeling and what maybe you can do differently next time those feelings show up so you feel a little more healthier version of yourself uh, for you, your family, and your work life. I think that's a good one, Bruce. I, like I love it. I love it. Well, thanks for tuning in. Take care and be well. Be well, everybody. That wraps up this episode of Work Life 360. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to check out all of our other episodes for even more great content. Check out the show notes to any links to any articles that we've referenced in today's episode. We appreciate your time and ask you to send any feedback to worklife360podcast at gmail.com. We value your time and we're here for you. Contact me directly if you'd like to learn more about me coming to run a free sales training workshop for your team. Follow me on LinkedIn or check out my website at brucepumiersswc.com. If you'd like to learn more about me or have a free health consult, check me out on LinkedIn or visit my website at planningtheseedsforhealthyliving.com. Thanks for joining us.